Evening, hope all of you are doing well. We're learning Maseches Tainas, Daf Tes Zayin. We're starting four lines, really three lines from the bottom of Daf Tes Vav Medbez, and we'll be going until um, basically most of the way down to toward the bottom of Tes Zayin Medbez. Samagarta, and let us uh, get started. We've been discussing what happens on Tainios on fast days. And we're going to be discussing uh, some of the details that we referenced on Shabbos. So, for example, as we started over here in the two dots, as you see in the parentheses, kol echad ve'echad, nosein berosho, we were talking about putting efer makla, putting ashes on one's head during a tainus as a sign of uh, subjugation, of lowering oneself. So says the Gemara, v'chol echad ve'echad, nosein berosho. Each individual puts it on their own heads. However, nasi base avdin, uh, it's very, I didn't even notice this when I first learned it. But first it says that the, the great leaders, the Nasi and the Avbezdin, had other people put the Efer Makla on their heads, but all other people did it themselves. So why is it that we made such a distinction by the Nasi and the Avbezdin that they should have other people put the Efer Makla, the ashes on them during the times of the Tainus. So answers the Gemara on the very bottom line of Tesvav Mudbez, Amar Rabbi Abba, Demin Kesari, Eino Dome Misbaish Me'atmo, the Misbaish Me'acherim, as we turn to the top of Tezayin of Adalev, there is more of a busha when there is another person involved than when you are just uh, on your own. So Rashi here highlights what this means. Rashi on the top of Tezayin of Adalev, the first Rashi, the Ibrahamaskal, writes, there is a greater sense of Agmas Nefesh when other people put on the Efer Makla, Barosha Chasan, instead of uh, Efer Makla, not Barosha Chasan, it's just the language I'm used to, sorry. Efer Makla, Bishas Tainis, there's more drama involved. It may be the reason why a chassan has other people put the ashes on his head instead of himself, because there's a greater agmas nefesh and other people doing something to you. And that's how Rashi explains this distinction here. And that's why the Nasi and the Abbezdin would have other people put the ashes on them instead of themselves. Tezayin of an olive on the uh, top line. Where were the ashes placed on a person? So Amar It was placed in the place on the body where the tefillin goes. Shene'emar. As the Pasuk writes, La Sumla Ave Leitzion La Seis Lahem Peer Tachas Efer. That's what the Pasuk says, Peer Tachas Efer. Just interesting to note the play on words that Peer and Efer are the same exact letters. Uh, I didn't see this in writing. It's just kind of blaring, pops off the page a little bit. I don't know all of the uh, backdrop behind it, but that is where in the times of Atinus, where we would place the Efer Makla, the ashes. Um, uh, in order to show, again, that very low level that we were at at those times. Fourth line on Tezayin and Aleph. This is just a mnemonic for us to remember the many sigas that will follow. Uh, Rechov, out in the street. Teva, referencing the ark. Besaking, wearing sackcloth. Efer, Efer, Kvura, Umoria, Simen. This is just a reference for all of the upcoming uh, questions and answers. So let's get through all of them. Says the Gemara, here's the first one. Lama Yotzin the Rechov. Why is it that we the people would leave the shul and go out into the public square? So Rebchia Bar Abba Omar uh, Omar Rebbe, Rebchia Bar Abba Omar Rebbe, Lomar 
to say as follows, We screamed out to you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when we were in private, and you didn't answer us. So, So now we should be willing to be mavaze ourselves. So this is like a, a very natural human psychology. You try to solve your problems, your, your crises in normal ways, and when your crises can't be solved in normal ways, your brain changes gears, and you just do anything that you need to do to, to get to your to solve your crisis. Not in normal situations, just in crisis mode. So that's the what, what's going on here. That's one sheet of Rav Chia Bar Abba in the name of Rebbe. Reish Lakish Amar Galinu. It's basically like a Galos and Galosenu Mechaperes Aleinu. And this is going to be like we, we know that Galos is Mechaperes. So this is like a self-instituted Galos that the people who are in the show are going to now leave the show. So says the Gemara, what's the difference between these two approaches? Approach number one is that we try to uh, we tried to to beg and cry in private and it didn't work. Uh, so now we're going to do it in public. And the second approach is we try to do a self-induced galos. So it says the Gemara, my benayhu, 10, 12 lines down. The difference would be is if you exile yourself from your own shul to your neighbor's shul. And if you do that, then on the one hand, you've done galos. Okay, so according to that second shita of Reish Lakish, that should work. However, you're not in the rechov. So if you're not in the Rehob, it doesn't work for the first answer and it does for the second. You just have to have to remember that if you are leaving your shul to go into Galus, that means you're calling the other shul Galus. So you just have to pick your other shul carefully. You don't want to get into community politics, but when you do a self-induced exile to another shul, you don't, you're, you're my chutzlaret. You don't want to be uh, overly dramatic when it comes to, to, this, uh, to this type of thing. So we should be careful where we do these kinds of things. Okay, it says the Gemara, 12 lines down. We understand why the people went out. We saw the Machlokas between Rebbe and Reish Lakish. So it says the Gemara, why did we bring the Teva out? Why did we bring the Ark out into the public? To show that we had this beautiful uh, private, uh, private treasure and we were Mavazet. In other words, the reason why we're in this scenario of drought is because we didn't keep the Torah properly. Had we kept the Torah properly, so then there would be no drought. So obviously this is Mida Kenege Mida in some way, shape, and form. And the fact that we didn't keep the Torah well, it means Vinizbaza Bavoninu, the Torah was Nizbaza. So we bring it into the street to show Lifneamvaida that we've done have not done a good job. Why is it that, and Rashi highlights this, that people would at that time wear sackcloth? They would wear, not like we discussed yesterday about a gadol not being able to wear sackcloth unless he was like Yehoram. Not that. Here we're talking about the Hamon Am, that everyone was wearing sackcloth. Why did they wear that? To show that uh, we are no different than an animal. That's how animals got covered with sackcloth, because it's a very uncomfortable, scratchy, extremely inexpensive, cheap way to keep yourself covered. We understand, as we saw in the beginning of the page, why we put Efer Makle on a person, but why would we put Efer Makle on a Teva, on where the, where the uh, Sefer Torah goes? This is to show that a Kodesh Baruch Hu is with us in our pain. It's no different than when a child is in pain, that the parent is in pain watching the child be in pain. And that's what Imo Anochi Vitsara often represents. And while Reish Lakish agrees with this idea in principle, his text proof is slightly different. Reish Lakish Amar, that in all of their troubles, it's also Tsar for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We colloquially use the Imo Anochi Vitsara line way more frequently than this one, because it's a little harder to remember, but the idea is the same. Amar Abzeira, 
Meresh, Reb Zerah says that in the beginning, when I would see that the rabbis, when I would see that the rabbis would place that they would be placing these ashes on top of the teva. So, I saw, I trembled. Again, it's a jarring thing. Like we're not used to seeing these things. But when the, back in the day, it was a very sharp, uh, sharp imagery to see. So that's what the Gemara says. That that was Rabzera's uh, perspective. We're one third of the way down on Tes Zayin Abed Aleph. Says the Gemara, the Lama Nosnen Efer Berosh Kol Echad Beechad. I understand why the Nasi and the Rosh Abed. I understand you just explained why to put it on the Teva. Why does every individual do it? Says the Gemara. This is a machlokas between the following Amoraim. Pligi Barab Levi Barchama Rabbi Chanina. Chad Amar Harei Anu Chashuvin Lefanecha Keafar Keafer. We are as worthy in front of you as is ashes, uh, which is obviously a very lowly quality. And the other is to remind us of Akedas Yitzchak. Okay, so these are the two an- answers. One is that we are equivalent to ash, and the other is that we want to remind you of Akedas Yitzchak. Says the Gemara halfway down, what's the difference between these two shitas as to why the average individual, the Hamon Am, would be putting Efermakla ashes on their head and, during a drought. So afarstam. The difference would be just regular dirt. Because on the one hand, if what you're saying is that that like the first approach that I'm chashuv lefanecha keifer, then that's true by ash, true by dirt. It's there's no value. But if what you're saying is that we need it to be similar to the afer of the akedas yitzchak, so then we need afer and not afar. Those are different. One is ash, one is dirt. So that would be the difference between them. Lama and the beisakvaros. This isn't. We don't see this in the Gemara, but Rashi again explains that. It was common practice that during the times of a drought, that people would go to a cemetery and they would daven there or they would do something there. We'll see in a moment. So the says the Gemara, these uh, same Amoraim have the same, have, a, have another argument. Wow, very provocative language. We are coming here to stand here, Akadosh Baruch, we're davening to you, Hashem, to say we're basically equivalent to those who are dead. In other words, it's v'chai bohem, and we chose not to live by the Torah, so you punished us with rain. So we're going to the cemetery to show you that we now recognize the cycle that we've caused in this drought by us not keeping your Torah, and, and therefore, harei anu chashuvim lefanecha kimesim, a life without this beautiful Torah tradition that we have that it keeps us fulfilled in every area of our lives. If we do it right, if we just follow it right, so then, yeah, it's true. This is a, <laughs> this is discussed. Uh, it's not such a pashadazach, so that the uh, the mesim can daven for us. What what does that mean? So, okay, we have this language of the person should be a melitzio whatever. Okay, it's got to be something along those lines. The, uh, what is his comment here? What is the comment of the uh, the little asterisk is for the Gilyone Ashas? Uh, we'd have to look into that Gemara and see what it says there. But either way, this is the Machlok. It's my Beinayu. What's the difference between these two shitas as to why people would go to the Beis Akvaros? The answer that we are equivalent to Mesim and the answer of we'll, we're going to have the Mesim Davin for Rachamim for us, says the Gemara, Ika Beinayu Kivrei Akum. The difference would be the graves of Akum. So if you're equating a dead person to a dead person, a dead person is a dead person. So therefore, we would assume that if we're just making an equivalence of our current status as living beings to that of the dead, then if it's the cemetery of an Akum, no problem. However, if we want to uh, use 
this medium of, of people who have died, that they should daven for us. Again, what that means, I don't know. Then it would, they would have to be Jews. They'd have to be Yehudim. Very well. And then says the Gemara, on a similar note, in regards to the Tanayim, the Amorim who we're discussing, but not really related to our conversation, my har hamoriah. The only reason we're going in this direction is because it's the same Amorim. So says the Gemara, my har hamoriah. What is the language of Moriah? We know that it's called Har HaMoriah. Why is it called Har HaMoriah? So says the Gemara, we're about five lines before the wide lines on Tezayin and Aleph, Pligi Barab Levi Barchama Barab Chanina. These are the same Amorim that we've been dealing with. Chad Amar, Har Yisrael. We know, of course, that the Sanhedrin was positioned on Har Habayis and Har HaMoriah in, such a, in a very particular way. Fine. And that's why it's, uh, it's a play on words. So that it's Moriah, Yatsa Mimenu Hora. So that's the play on words for Moriah. That's one shita. The mountain that instilled fear into Ovde Kochavim. Rashi. Rashi is found about two inches above where we are, approximately in the middle of the Rashi's Dibur Hamaschil, Morela Ovde Kochavim, Sheshomen, Gedolos Yisrael Yerushalayim, Mispachadin Alehen Shamati. Okay, that's what he says, that that's why uh, for the non Jews it's called that. That's why it has the language of Hara Moriah. We're now at the two dots, uh, right, uh, right before the Gemara gets to the wide lines. Let's continue. We said in our Mishnah that during a time that uh, one of the elders of the community would say things that felt crushing. He would share Dibre Moster. We'll get into more details of what he said in a little bit. But before that, let's just review. If in fact we have an elder of the community, yeah, then it should be the elder of the community who should speak. If there is no elder in the community, who is next? All right, so the one zakein is out. How do we define zakein? Is it 60? Is it 70? Good question. So whatever the answer is, I don't know. But if he's not available, Omer Chacha, then we would pick a Chacha. And the Imlab, if he's not around, Omer Adam Shel then you're going to want to get a statesman. You're going to want to get a chash of a person who may well not be a Talmud Chacham, but he's well-respected. And then asks the Gemara the following question. It seems very strange that when we started this b'risa just one line ago, it said that a zakin came before a Chacham. So asks the Gemara, Atu zakin de ka'amre afal gav it's a little bit of an implication that the zakin that we started with wasn't a chacham. So Amar Abayi, that's Napshat, two lines into the wide lines, two-thirds of the way down, hachikamar. This is the right way to read that b'risa. Im yesh zakan, who's also in the category of v'hu chacham, then omer zakin v'hu chacham, then he's the right person to speak. That's the ideal person, is a person who's a zakin and a chacham. If the person who is present is a chacham, but not a zakin, then fine. Omer chacham. And if he's not around, then Omer Adam Shel Surah. Then you get this person of stature, the statesman, whoever it is, who is neither a zakin or a Talmud chacham, but is an influential person. Let's just call him a, a, a good lay leader, right? Someone who's really committed to the communal cause. They're not a chacham. They don't, uh, they're not, they're not in this sheer learn pounding dafyomi. Regular, regular regular shulgoer, but they uh, they have people's attention. Fine. What was the muster that was given? Four lines into the wide lines. Achenu, my brothers, lo sak vitanis gormim. It's not going to be that the sackcloth and the fasting will change things. Elachuva umaisim tovim gormim. It will be the repentance and it will be the good deeds that will cause for change. Shekain matzinu ninve. This was referenced yesterday, but here it's fleshed out in the brisa a little bit more. This is what happened in ninve. It doesn't say that when the people of ninve change, that, oh, look, 
they they did some of the logistical technical things and they uh you know they put on some sackcloth they fasted a little bit they looked they looked so contrite that that's insufficient that's not enough ella what does the pasuk say you got to change your halachic behavior, not just to look like you're a mourner and to bow your head in contrition, but mamish to change. At the end of the day, you could look the look, but until you're actually keeping halacha properly, so then that, that's really what the whole change was all about. What does the pasuk mean? What does the pasuk mean in Sefer Yonah when it says, The king there was trying to help Ninveh. Things were terrible over there. So he said to them, you should wear sackcloth on man and on animal. So my Havu Abde, what exactly was going on over there with the man and with the animal? So says the Gemara, They separated the mother animals, and the children animals. And then Amr Lefanav, they negotiated with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if you're not going to be merachem on us, you can't, you can't have it that way. You have, to, you have to model for us what it means to be a merachem. So of course we're going to let these animals interact, but you need to be merachem on us as well. They were using it as like a way to twist Hashem's arm. Some of the svarim, not here, but elsewhere, refer to this principle as azus de kedusha. You told me that you wanted this, Hashem. You told me to do tshuva. You told me that if I change, then you'll make everything good. So it's, it's brazen, it's sharp, but it's using what a Kaddish Baruch Hu gave you. You want me to be a merachim on this animal? Tzar balichayim is aser. You want me to let this mother and child animal be together? Great, then you be merachim on me. So they kind of had this ploy. That's what the melech that, was, uh, that he was there was saying, this, was saying this idea to the Jews. The Gemara says, They screamed out loudly, My amor, what's going on here? They said, You have someone who knows how to absorb insult, and you have someone who doesn't know how. You have the righteous and you have the non-righteous. So what is going on here? So the Mepharshim said, Kodesh Baruch Hu is the tzaddik, and we're the Russia. <laughs> you, you need to be the good one. We're not perfect, but you're tzaddik. So then you need to absorb what we've done wrong and let it rain already. So again, another, another push from the Melech of Ninveh. Next, People should repent from their evil ways, from that which they've stolen, which is in their hands. My, what does it mean when the Pasuk says, that there is that which was stolen in their hands? If a person steals a beam, and he builds it into a building, you need to tear the whole building down to return that beam. Does anyone remember about this? Takanas Marish? We learned about this. Takanas Marish, we don't require this to actually take place. Maybe this was before Takanas Marish. Right. Takanas Marish was a Takana that the Chachamim made, that if a person steals a beam, let's say uh, you go to you go to a construction site and you steal a $25,000 steel beam to hold up your dining room. Great. You steal it, you build your whole house around it. So Takanas Marish is that it's so hard to, to tear your whole house down for a half a million dollars because of a $25,000 beam. Here's $25,000. I'm going to pay it back. But prior to that time, which is seemingly what our Gemara is talking about. This is what he was telling them that they should do. This is what he's telling them that they should do. That's what the right. Melchim Ninveh said to them. Right. It's just... For, you know, right. I don't know. It's, it's not normal. Right. You have to tear down your house. And they were, you know, you're kind of going the extra mile. Right. You're definitely going the extra mile. So maybe it was after the Takana, but he, this was so early. This was in the times of the yeah, no, of the Naveem. I think it's like. Well, they didn't care about what they did. Right. What? 
They were just doing their own tshuva how they knew. They weren't asking for the advice. No, I'm yeah, speaking. The, I'm speaking in halachic terms. Takanas marish didn't exist yet. It didn't exist yet. Set in place yet, maybe right? So That's very possible. You know what I'm saying? Where did we learn about this? What Masechta was that in? Anyone? Takanas Marish? That wasn't that long ago. I'm going to go a hundred blad ago. What? No. A beam, a house. No. Yeah, we didn't get we didn't get there yet. Yeah, we didn't get there. We weren't together for that. Okay. Anyways, that's what was going on here is that they had to return. So then says the Gemara, Omar, on this note of stealing things, Omar of Adabar Ava, 15 lines, 12 lines from the bottom. Adam Sheesh Biyado Avera, if someone has uh, something in their hands, a reference here to Gneva, they say Vidui, but they're still holding on to the stolen uh, to the stolen item. Lamahu Dome, what is he similar to? To a famous line that we know of, Adam Shetofes Sheretz Biyado. We refer to it as Tovelim Sheretz Biyado. You're holding one of the Shemona Shratzim that makes you Tameh, and you jump into the mikvah to make yourself all Tahor while you're holding the animal that's tummy, it doesn't help. You could be in the ocean, trillions and trillions of gallons. It doesn't matter. It is a zero. You're still tummy. But the second you throw that, release it from your hands. Even the small, tiny amount of so, which we know in halacha, remember we know it's ama al ama barum shalosh amos. It's not big. It's a mikvah that's 1.5 feet by 1.5 feet by four and a half feet. It's, it's, it's honestly hard to crouch in there. It's very small. You don't need an ocean to make you kosher at that point. Once you get rid of the sherets that you're holding, miyad also lotvila all as well. Shneemar, modeve ozev yirucham, that all is going to be well. You'll, you'll, uh, you'll get your tshuva. The Omer, the Pasuk says, Okay, but this is what the what the Pasuk means here, is that if a person is tovalim sherets biyado, that it doesn't work. Of course, we use this as a catchphrase uh, whenever we're in a scenario that you've done something, but you haven't undone the bad that you've done yet. So that's kind of how we use it socially. Six lines from the bottom at the two dots. Test Zion Amad Aleph says the Gemara, Amdu We said that the Chazan would stand in Tefillah. We said that the person who has to go down has to be a Zaken, he has to be a Ragil. So let's get into some of the details of who the appropriate Chazan is for this type of Tainus. Tanu Rabbanan, the rabbis have taught us. Even if you have someone in the room who's a zakein and a chacham, is a very important yisod when it comes to this type of, uh, of tainus, is that the person who davens has to be a ragil. Now Rashi here highlights a very important idea. We saw this in Maseches Brachos. Uh, where's the Rashi? Uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time finding it. No. Nope. Okay, I can't find it right now. I'll find it later. Says the Gemara, uh, it has to be someone who uh, tries to make ends meet and doesn't have any money. That's one shot. He has work to do in the field. His house is empty. We'll learn what Pirkona means. He's a lowly person. The people like him. He has a pleasance to him. He has a good voice. And because they didn't have Sidurim like we do, they had to know Tanakh by heart. I mean, you had to just be a Bucky. Uh, you had to know it all. Some uh, shitas here say, You had to just know it cold. So I've shared this before that when I was in Kolel, the, one of the rabbim on the other side of the base marriage did 20 prakim of Tanakh every night. Every night. I mean, he's just anything, the, any, any reference, all of his catchphrases were from Tanakh, all of them. And nobody knew, like we would say, 
and we feel like so knowledgeable because we made one reference. Everything he said was like that. The whole Tanakh was on his tongue. So those are the kinds of people who are regilim in Tanakh. We don't know a lot of people like that. We're not wired like that. We should send our kids to Zilberman's maybe in Yerushalayim. I don't know, but most of us are not like that. And then as well, the Chazan should also be someone who's holding cup in Medrash Halacha Nagada, Ubaki Brachos Kulan. And of course, you should know the text of the Machzor itself. <laughs> who can do that? <laughs> who, are you, who are we talking about? So says the Gemara, they found one guy. Says the Gemara, they found the Yid. They found one person who uh, checked off all the boxes. Nobody checks off any of these boxes. We don't know of anyone who is who is to, to be in such a position. On the top of Tezayin and Bez, we analyze what we just learned. It seems to be that Metupal uh, Ve'enlo, so and uh, having an empty house, that's that they're the same. They're saying the same thing. So the Gemara says they're not saying the same thing. Amar of Chizda, Zeusha Beso Rekam Min Ha'avera. Beso Rekam doesn't mean you're poor, which is what the implications was. The implication was of Metupal Ve'enlo. When we say Beso Rekam, it's a, a euphemism to recognize that this person is Rekam Min Ha'avera. He's a big tzaddik. He doesn't have any averas. Three lines down. What to Pirko Noah says the Gemara. Pirko Noah is Amar Abai Zeshelo Yotza Shem Rabbi Yalduso. Wow. No one was ever shamed as a child. Tov Shemi Shem and Tov. This person has a beautiful name to themselves. No one ever talks bad about them, which is wonderful. And then says the Gemara as follows. What does this mean? This was the negative reference in the Pasuk, uh, where he says that he had a negative, uh, the Pasuk says, that he was hated, that's a Shleach Tzibur who should not be if a shleach tzibur has a reputation as being someone who is disliked, so he's not merutz of the you shouldn't even answer amen. If he takes the shtender bechozek, you're not allowed to answer amen to that person. We kick him out of the room. He's not an appropriate chazan. So says the Gemara, the two dots. Now we're going to basically from here to the end of the page is two brises, one after the other. They're nearly identical, and it's easy. So uh, we're good. We're, we're gonna we're gonna do good now. Ready? So says the Gemara as follows. Ten lines down, Tezayin of the Beis. Omer Lifneim Esrim Arba Brachos. That we know that there are twenty-four Brachos that we say on the on the Shmona Esrei of a fast day. Shmona Esrei Shabbachol Yom. We know, of course, that we say the regular eighteen slash nineteen of Olam Al Shinim, and 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 Mosif Alein Od Sheish. That's what the Bryce has said. The problem with the Vaod Sheish is, is that our our Mishnah that we saw clearly indicated that there was a seventh Bracha. So that's what the Gemara asks here at the opening of the two dots here on Tezayin the Midbase. Hani Sheish, that's cute. But if you look at the end of the Mishnah, it says seven. Sheva Havyun, Kiditnan, quote, Al Hashvi Sumer, Baruch Marachem Al So how can you tell me six when we know that the Mishnah says that there's seven and it even details what the seventh bracha is? So says the Gemara, we're about uh, 15 lines down. Amar of Nachman Bar Yitzchak, my Shvis, Shvis. Le'arucha. We're not talking about a seventh bracha that is a new bracha in and of itself, but rather it's an, a lengthened existing bracha. What does that mean? Kiditanya begoel Yisrael marich. Baruch Hashem Yisrael. And instead of ending that bracha, 
we really add that bracha to make, uh, to make it into a very lengthy bracha. And that is how we end up with seven. It's not a real seven, it's six new ones. And the seventh one is Goel Yisrael, but with a little bit of additions. And what is the closing of that bracha? What would be the closing there of that seventh bracha? Really the one of Goel Yisrael. The one who saved the capital O, the one who saved Avram Behara Moria, so that's the lengthy version of the bracha. Reva Onyen was a very short bracha, but we add in a little bit. And that's what we're talking about here. And then what happens? After the Chazan says that's that bracha, the bracha of Goel Yisrael, the lengthier version, the seventh bracha, really the first. So then they say Amen. And then Knesses Omer Lahem Tiku Aron Tiku not a true but a tkiya. We'll get back to that in a second. The Chozer Omer, and then they get to the next bracha. Mishanas Abosenu Al Yamsuv, that Kadosh Baruch who saved the Jewish people by Yamsuv, who Yanes Chemishma should answer you today during this drought. Baruch Zocher and Ishkachos. We saw in the Mishnah that some hold the gear says Baruch Zocher Habris, and then Vehein Onenacharav Amen. And then after that, so we did Reve Onyenu with a lengthier bracha, Baruch Hashem Gaisha with a tkia. Then we did this new bracha. And then says the Gemara, the Chazna Knesses Omer Lahem, Hariu Bnei Aaron Hariu. Now don't do a tkia, do a trua. Oh, so says the Gemara, Bechain Bechol Bracha Uvracha, Beachas Omer Tiku, Ubeachas Omer Hariu. We alternate the sounds of the shofar in between each of the brachos. We're about halfway down, four lines before the middle width lines, Bamedvar Mamurim. When is all of this true? And primarily, when do we say Amen after these brachos by the Chazin? That's only true, says the Gemara Bigvulin. That's true outside of the Beis Mikdash. However, we don't ever say a regular amen in the Beis HaMikdash. Like what we do by Chazar Sashat here in the Beis Medrash, we don't do that. What happens in the Beis HaMikdash? We say something else. We say either Baruch Shem Kavod Malchusol Olam Voed, or as we'll soon see a different language. Uminayin says the Gemara, last of the short lines, She'ein, Onen, amen, b'mikdash. How do we know that in the Beis HaMikdash we don't say the brief, short amen that we're used to? Shememar, the Pasuk says, Kumu baruchu es Hashem elokechem. How should we bless Hashem? We should get up and bless Hashem in the following way. Quote, well, it's actually part of a Pasuk. But what should we say? Min ha'olam, ad ha'olam. That's how we should do it. From this world until the next. It should be a lengthier bracha. It should not. It should be a lengthier conclusion, not just amen, but mina olam ve'ada olam. Yochal, you might have thought al kol bracha, kol brachos kulam lo tehe ela tehila achas. Maybe we should only say one lengthy baruch Hashem leolam, baruch Hashem elokecha mina olam ve'ada olam after all the brachos and not after each one. Talmudomar muromam al kol brachos tehila al kol bracha tein lo tehila. That after every bracha we should be saying the amen of the beis hamikdash. The amen of the beis hamikdash again is uh, again it's a, it's baruch Hashem. A different language. We're talking about Chazar Sashats now. Sorry, great silence. Yeah, they definitely had something going on there because these brachos are instituted in the times of the Mishnayas. They already had a Shmona Esrei for sure of some kind. Birchas Kohanim was a Dindo Rites. That's a Pasuk and Chumash. That's for sure. We know we know they read the Torah by uh, we know that by the mitzvah of Hakel. There's a lot of a lot of samplings of that as well. Correct. 
these are all Mishnayas that we're reading right now, because we know that in Atinas, they brought the Teva out of a Besak Neses into the street. That's a Mishnah. So something was going on there. Exactly. Did it look like our davening? Probably not. I mean, we also have to look historically that the Monday, Thursday Takana of Laning was according to some of the early, uh, what was that, Moshe or Ezra? I can't remember which one. And Shabbos was Ezra was the other one. I can't remember. I always mix up who, who did what. Well, there were the laning of Monday, Thursday, probably, I would, I'm just guessing now, probably didn't take place at that time because they had a Sanhedrin. The reason why we did Monday, Thursday was, uh, was hovered around the days that the Bate Din were open, that they would be available for people to come ask Shilas. And also just going back a few hundred blot, like 500, 600 blot back to Brachos in the fourth parak, where we learned about whether or not davening, davening was keneged uh, avos tiknum or keneged uh, korbanos tiknum. So that also interplays here. There certainly was something we know that uh, the davening as we know it was orchestrated by Anshay Knesset Agdola, but there was certainly something in place at that time for people to daven, as is clear from these Mishnahites. So we're three lines into the wide lines on Tezayin and Bebez, Ve'ela B'mikdash Mahu Omer, what in fact was the language? Instead of a main, what did they say? Says the Gemara, Baruch Hashem Elokim, Elokei Yisrael, Min Ha'olam Ve'ad Ha'olam. Very good. And then after you said, Baruch Go Yisrael, Ve'hein Onen Acharav, uh, they would say in the base of Mikdash, Baruch Shem Kavod Malchusol Olamboid, which was another possible uh, language that they would use instead of Amen. And then Vachazna Knesses Omer Lehem Tiku Akohanim Bnei Aaron Tiku, slightly different language. But here they'd say that he should, uh, the Chazna Knesses, he's the Shrier, he's going to call out the Kohan and they need to blow Shofar. And then Vachoser Omer, then they'd go back and they'd say another Bracha. Misha Ana Es Avram Bahar Moria, Hu Yanes Chem Vishma Bakol Takas Chem Hayomaze, Baruch. And then uh, what would they say? Baruch Hashem Elokei Yisrael, Zocher Anishkacho. So we have two things going on here. Instead of saying Baruch Hashem, they said Baruch, Baruch Hashem Elokei Yisrael, Min HaOlam Olam. And then for the Amen, they'd say Baruch Shem Kavod Malchus Olam. But the Heim Omen Acharav, Bash as some people like to refer to this. Bash is Baruch Shem Kavod Malchus Olam. But I think I prefer saying Baruch Shem Kavod Malchus Olam. But Bash sounds like the upcoming character in a Disney, in a Pixar I prefer the, the firm one. It says the Gemara, first long line, and then the story continues as to how they would deal with the Shemona Esra and Atinas. They would alternate between the Tzkiyas from before and the Hariyus of Nabucha. That was true by every bracha. And they'd alternate back and forth between tkiyas and truas. That's how they behaved in these two cities. And then this brisa concludes, when the chachamim heard what was happening in this brisa, they disagreed. That it's not true. They only said in one very specific spot on Harabais by the eastern gates. Otherwise, it didn't happen. The East Amre, some people say that all of this came from the following Brisa, Kiditanya. There are slight variants, variations in this Brisa from one to the next. You'd have to hold up. Remember when we were kids, they had those clear pieces of paper that they would project on the walls. You basically have to hold that over because there's such high similarity here. There are differences, 
But the Gemara doesn't present them as halachic differences, just linguistic differences. It says the Gemara Kedetanya, we're about three fourths of the way down, 20 lines or so from the bottom, maybe more. Kedetanya, the Brysa writes, Omer Lifnem Esrim Arba Brachos. We know that we're supposed to say 24 Brachos in Shmona Esrei during the time. Shmona Esrei Shabachol Yom. 18 of them are the regulars. And most of we add six. The Osan Sheish Hechan Omer, where within the Shmona Esrei would we add the six, says the Gemara. And this doesn't exist in the previous Brysa. Ben Goel, the Rofe that's where we would add them. And then unlike the lengthier explanation of how the seventh bracha made sense, this Bryce is a little bit more pashat about it. <laughs> Very simple. We lengthen that bracha of Geula, which was the seventh bracha as referenced in our Mishnah. And then people would say Amen. Again, obviously not in the Mikdash. And that was only true outside the base of Mikdash, about the Mikdash, inside the Mikdash, Hayu Omrim, they would say something else. What did they say? Baruch Hashem Yisrael. So that was the way that they would respond in the Beis HaMikdash. Sorry, that was how they would say the bracha in the Beis HaMikdash. And then the Gemara says, and they would not say a regular Amen afterwards. They would say, Again, the Gemara leaves that out. It assumes we know it. I can tell you as a consumer, I didn't know it. When it says he didn't say amen, I'm like, oh, they just sat there quietly. No, that's Amaratsus. They were saying, and that's why we have the Rishonim to guide us. And it says, Why was this the system in place? Why did we not? Why did we say Baruch Shem Kivod and not say Amen? The Fishain Om Shain Onin Amen B'Mikdash. Umi Nain Shain Onin Amen B'Mikdash. Why? How do we know that we don't say Amen in the base of Mikdash? So this Brisa quotes the same pasuk as before. Shneim Arkumu Baruch Hu Es Hashem Elokeichem Ina Olam Beat Olam Beivaruch Hu Shem Kivod Chamurama Al Kol Baruch Hu Sehila Al Kol Baruch Hu Vracha Tain Lo Tehila. And every bracha that is the right way to do it to give such praise. We'll stop right here and we'll pick up tomorrow night in Mir Tzashem. Yud Zayin. I'm wishing you all a beautiful night. It was safe.